Welcome to the Australia podcast, where we give you some insight and some knowledge into our training methods, how you can improve your lifestyle, optimizing your nutrition, and basically find out what is going on down at our box. On today's episode, we had a very special guest, Ellie, was uh, dropping through to talk all things basically women's health and training. Now, unfortunately, my voice in the audio is quite uh, low and um, that's my fault I do apologize on that um, maybe at a later date we'll be able to get the audio up to a much better quality however uh, we seen that Ellie's audio was very crisp and very spot-on so for the purpose of the episode I think listening to Ellie is a lot more important than listening to my beautiful velvet voice so hopefully you'll enjoy this podcast and maybe at a later date we'll be able to correct the audio so it means that it's um, quite level across the um, whole episode. If you're struggling, maybe a good idea is not to play this in the car when you're driving. Maybe a good idea to play this when it's nice and quiet and you want to catch up. Uh, but yeah, look forward to the episode. It's a really good one. Hi guys, welcome to the Australia podcast. Now today's a little bit of a special one because I have the beautiful Ellie Geldard on with me and we're going to be talking about women's health and yeah it's not just myself that you're listening to for the very first time so Ellie's got a lovely background with her training she's a CrossFit level two coach as I'm aware and is it at the CrossFit Bermondsey Bermondsey yeah nice pronunciation yeah (laughs) CrossFit Bermondsey in London I, I coach at the moment so I've been in London for uh nearly nine years now uh started coaching there nearly a year oh over a year ago now lockdown's weird isn't it makes you the time but um yeah that's a, a box that's just been open just over a year now so they're kind of you're you're shortly behind them in your opening times but um yeah crossfit level two coach and nutrition coach i would summarize myself as yeah, you did it for the precision nutrition qualification, didn't you? Did you quite enjoy the information that they were able to deliver on that? Yeah, I think I've, you know, personally, I've always had an interest in nutrition. Sometimes it's been a negative interest, like for my own weight loss or whatever when I was younger. And I think um, as I've grown in CrossFit, I've become more interested in it. And I think trying to help people through their own practices and habits, um, has been something that's kind of increasingly at the forefront of my mind. And with the qualification I did, yes, there's a lot of science in it, but the majority of the course is about habit change and how to, how to give people the confidence that actually most of the basics are all you need to kind of get the most out of your life. You don't need the 1%, you just need the fundamentals, right? And I think that's why I like the course. It's more about kind of motivation and habit change for people with some science on the top, obviously. So I'm not just talking absolute crap. (laughs) It is. I mean, for me, it's been really interesting watching your journey specifically because every single time when I'm like scrolling through the Instagram while I'm cooking and I'm seeing you persist with your gymnastics programming that Eddie always throws at you and how you're relentlessly trying to bastardize the bar muscle up. But now you're actually nailing it. There is no more. (laughs) There is no buttering. It's like... Good solid reps, but watching it from your documentations of how you started off your journey of just training, just in general, falling into the likes of your very first CrossFit world, and then watching the way that you've been able to 
implement these methods that you've been able to learn over time to have this kind of bulletproof strategy where you're at right now and you're helping other people who probably are going through what you that you went through and it's it's kind of helping the members out a little bit could you give us a little bit of a background about like how your journey started out and like the things that you kind of came across that you didn't really know how to approach and from that what type of things um, did you have to do to try and understand where these issues are coming from and how you were able to achieve it yeah um for, for me i think the reason that i want to try and cut through some of the bullshit if i'm allowed to swear on this podcast oh, um, <laughs> is is because i've 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 consumed a lot of that for myself and i believed a lot of lies about nutrition or things that i needed to do that actually probably held me back from being not just a better athlete, but a better human and a healthier human. So if I can go back to before I even did any sport at all, you know, I don't have a background in um, any kind of competitive sport or really anything at all. You know, I did a bit of horse riding. I'm not really going to say that that is the, um, the best exercise for anyone. It kept me out of the house. Listen, I have to admit, did you see the thing I put up on Instagram about the, 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 the comedian who said basically CrossFit is for a lot of jocks who peaked in high school and they've got nothing better to do now. Yeah. I really did think, wow, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You get the two streams, right? You get ex-athletes who've come from something that, you know, have a point to prove and, and they want to be in competitive scenarios. Or you've got me who's got, you know, I've never done a pull up. I've, I've barely been taught how to run and I've never sat on a rowing machine or any, anything held a barbell. Um, but I did have a problem with, with my weight when I was a kid. So I was, I was pretty overweight, um, until about the age of 14, 15, when that kind of mindset switches in as a female, I think more than anyone, although I know men suffer with it as well of needing to be a certain body shape, being jealous of people. And the easy way for me to control that was just to eat less and less. And it did work, you know? calorie balance is a real thing if you're going to eat and consume less calories over a prolonged period of time you are going to lose body fat you're also going to lose muscle you're also going to um you know affect your metabolism and your period health and things like that so you know i i went through a period of of doing that to myself and not exercising and then ended up finding crossfit post university kind of stumbling into it accidentally i thought it was a hip class i was starting to do a little bit more in the gym purely to keep me busy um, and loved it. And for, I, I guess for the first year or so, we're still focusing on how I looked rather than how I performed. And that's really clear in some of the videos you can see of me. And I'm just hammering CrossFit classes, you know, doing as much as I can, going to open gym, still lifting. Like, yes, I wanted my numbers to go up and stuff like that. But really it was more like, how small can I still make myself? Like, surely I can get a six pack, et cetera, et cetera. And I think... Only when I started competing did I realize that that was not the way to go and I needed to try and educate myself about what it is that nutrition should be doing for me and should I be avoiding carbs and should I be limiting myself to under 2,000 calories or should I eat more on a training day? And um, I think for me, there are some common misconceptions that still prevail from my early CrossFit days around carbs not being the correct fuel source, which as a CrossFit athlete and as anyone at your gym, I would be saying 
Carbs are a great energy source. Have them around your training. Obviously, don't overeat them in the sense that you shouldn't eat overeat anything, but um, trying to combat those common misconceptions around building muscle. You know, you have to be in an energy surplus unless you're really, really new to CrossFit to be able to build some muscle up. Um, you can't really lose body fat and gain muscle at the same time. You have to have a priority. And all of those things, I just didn't know at the time and I wish I did. And so I'm trying to, number one, spread that information easily accessible on Instagram. So if anyone does go and take a look, they don't have to work with me. They can just go and see some of the basics. Um, And then in anyone I'm working with, it's trying to cut out the noise and really focus on what it is that's going to help them be healthier, both in their mindset towards food and in their performance and in their body. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, just like from listening to what you were saying there, me, I'm nodding because we have discussed multiple times every element of what you've said there. And I'll reinforce the fact that, yeah, you're right. The carbohydrates are the epitome of what it is to perform. I mean, we see, we were discussing different um, sources of nutrition from like ketogenic diet and then then going through um, like vegans and vegetarians. And we were saying to um, individuals, it's like, yes, we understand that you might have a prior, um, you've prioritized your diet built around a certain system, but let's not cut the, let's not beat around the bush. Carbohydrates is the pure energy source to the brain and the muscles to perform. It's like, if you have a lack of carbohydrates or glucose in the body, then obviously your brain function is not going to work as optimally yeah. as you can. This is why you see people who are on ketogenic diet and, and they start what we call like fog brain. They, they can't talk. They can't think. They're not going to be able to be as sharp as what they need to be when they're training. So then obviously when they're in like training sessions and you're doing movements where we're needing high skill based um, drills, you're going to see them underperform. And then there's a massive knock on effect of like their self-esteem then their positivity on their training. They're probably going to end up feeling like they're not doing good enough. And then it's just it ends up sometimes if it's not being put in check, they're going to end up becoming like disheartened and not enjoying the process. But for um, what you were saying about when you were going to do competitions and you were noticing this isn't the way of going, uh, this isn't the right way I'm going. Um, with my training and my dieting, were you getting any type of help and support from like, other athletes of asking them some advice and some questions? Um, mainly, it could be from people who you admired or just people who you've seen that were crushing workouts and you're going, how the fuck are you doing this? Like, what are you doing? Because yeah. it means that you're building up this repertoire of information and going, right, is am I doing what I'm doing correct? Or is there another system which is going to get me my results a little bit better? Yeah, I wish I could say there was like one person or thing or time that influenced me. I think, um, you know, you go to a comp and you see people smashing back things that you would not expect athletes to eat, which now I realize why they are. So like, you know, people will go to Harry Bode or Lucas A between a wad because actually that's kind of what their body needs at that time. Would I be advising people to be eating that day in, day out? Absolutely not. But thinking about nutrition as being fit for a purpose or whatever your current target is and that day or that week or, you know, even your year, what you're trying to achieve with your nutrition. Um, I got some very bad advice from, from certain folks and I got, you know, the, the box that I originally started at was fairly new. So I think everyone was that kind of finding their way. And we had a few people that had been doing CrossFit a few years and paleo was a thing. So no one was eating gluten or sugar 
no one was eating green beans. Um, and they're just sort of arbitrary rules that, you know, I gave it a go and I did feel better because ultimately what happened is I increased the veggies that I was eating and I started making more stuff at home. So you kind of creep on to where you need to be. And I, and I wish I had had someone to bounce all my ideas off originally. Um, I think I ended up just doing the research on my own. I followed a few um, plans. I did approach some coaches and I think I've built on the knowledge that I had via them. So Charlie Good, I don't know whether you know. Yes, I do. Worked with her. This was kind of three years into to me doing CrossFit. I wanted to peak for a competition and basically she said you need to eat more. So again, like it's still, even though I'm, I'm a coach myself, I still would approach coaches to get some more advice because I'm sure there's still way more to learn. I don't think that's a bad thing. It's like if a coach isn't developing their knowledge and they think that they know everything, they are talking bullshit. Like that's just plain and simple. Yeah. Coach should continuously keep developing and staying with the times as well more than anything. It's like if if someone gets to the stage of I know everything, I don't need to listen to anyone, they will plateau. And I mean I'm still actually still doing some studies from um, like an Olympic weightlifting background and I still know all the elements of how to perform a snatch effectively even though I still can't snatch like your bloody better half Simba I still <laughs> remember at Rainhill Trials when he did a 110 kilogram snatch complex with his tongue out and he stuck the bar on his back and let go of his hands to tie his shoelace up and then overhead squatted it I went right I thought I was good <laughs> now we've got this Hey, you can do 10 burpees in a row, though. So it's all about balance. Right? Trying to speak pony. <laughs> we always did have a joke with him when I did say, it was like, you came first in the snatch, but you came last, last in the oh, yeah. con. So, sir, we need to have a word. <laughs> but it is um, just allowing people just in general to understand. It's like, look, even coaches still need coached. There is no harm in that. And that's yeah. why, specifically in the topic of like women's health, I wanted to dive well into that because the majority of the members at Australia and even at the previous boxes or gyms that I worked with, the percentages of women um, who were asking more questions was way more higher than the percentage of men who are asking questions. Yeah. And a lot of the time there was a taboo of a topic um, being said to me about like, what should I be doing when um, I'm on my period? Because I'm feeling tired. I'm bloated. I'm really sore today, especially mm-hmm. in my trunk. Like, I don't feel like I want to get up and do anything. Yep. And then when they were finding out that the information I was giving them or the advice I was giving them was completely different or unexpected because I was telling them saying, right, well, let's maybe let's taper down your training a little bit. Let's not do a high intensity training day. Your body's not asking you to do that. Why don't you just go do isolation work movements like unilateral movements like Bulgarian lunges or just do some tempo squats with much lower weight so yep. that we're reducing down the stress levels and it means that you're still getting that mental benefit of being able to exercise. How about that? Yep. And a lot of the time they just kind of sit there going, are you really being honest with me? Can I do that? And it's like, well, I know your training program tells you you need to go and do that or the workout of the day says X. That's our job as coaches. We're yep. there to tailor everything to give you the as close stimulus as possible to make sure that you still get the best hour of your day. And I think that's why it would be really nice to hear your opinion on that. Would that be a strategy that you would implement for some of the members at your box? Or do you guys like follow a similar approach to the things when it goes into that line? Yeah, so I think it's um, 
it's a challenging one at a box because it's still quite a taboo subject, which is mad to me because it is a process that 50% of the world goes through at some point in their lives, or at least is conscious of. So, you know, some people have health problems that mean that they don't have a period or some people take a pill that means that they don't, but everyone is kind of aware that most women, again, don't want to kind of be non-binary here, but most women go through a period on a monthly basis. So if you are ignoring that fact as a box um, or kind of pushing it up, it's, it's not ideal because it does affect people's training. Um, in a very basic level, there are two portions of your um, entire hormonal cycle. So a monthly cycle, generally, obviously people have different lengths and it's the follicular and the luteal phase. Now, when people are reporting that they're feeling tired, they've got headaches, that they are um, you know, bloated, that they're stressed, um, if we were to try and map that to people's overall cycle, it generally tends to be in the luteal phase um, where progesterone is really high. And I'm not gonna go into all of the hormonal changes that are going through the month, yeah. but basically that's when you are more likely to get injured, more likely to feel tired, less likely to PB, and everyone's different as well. So, you know, some people might feel really terrible just before their period. Some people might feel terrible, you know, a week before. Some people might feel absolutely fine, in which case it's all about listening to your body and taking things down as accordingly to how you feel. So like you're saying, I would definitely advise any member that reported to me that they were feeling a certain way every month or, you know, a few days out of the month to taper down to still move if they feel like they can because often that can help alleviate some of the bloated symptoms some of the anxiety that people might have um and really listen to their body um another thing that i would recommend that members do and i, I think that it's a good thing for every female to at least do for a portion of their life is to try and track how they're feeling on a month-by-month -month basis because if you're someone that's having natural periods, you will notice when you're feeling amazing, when you can push it in the gym, which is going to be that first phase, the follicular phase. So after your first, uh, after your period's finished, right up until ovulation, you've got this amazing two weeks generally of all your hormones working in your favor. You're waking up early, you're sleeping really well, you're feeling stronger in the gym. That is the time to go in and maybe add an extra session. You know, maybe you do four sessions in your luteal phase and five in your follicular phase because that's how it works out and that's how good you're feeling. Um, and then when you get to ovulation, that can be when it kind of tends to taper off for people. People feel a little bit more tired. Um, I'm kind of going on around here, but I'm going to continue. Oh, oh, honestly, <laughs> it is true. This information is spot on. It's because no one actually discusses about the four different phases that you go through. And then the, normally the ones that everyone automatically discusses is that they're talking about when you're actually going into the menstrual phase or you're going into the ovulation phase. No one actually speaks about the follicular or the luteal phase. Yeah. Because they're always thinking, all oh, right, they're the two which are normally spoke about in in general terms when it comes to any type of fitness information when you check online it doesn't go into those data of this is when you should peak your training then this is where you should taper off your training because then this might allow some members to understand what you're saying is i'm feeling really shit hot this is when you should want to talk to your coach and say um look i might actually want to up the weight a little bit because i'm feeling strong it's like fuck yeah go for it like if you're feeling like you can lift a car do it 
yeah. Andy, I can't even push the body door open. I'm like, right, let's maybe reduce the rep range or let's drop the weights down. So you're sticking as close to the plan as you can. Like say, for example, that we had like 12 hang power snatches at 30 kilos for the women. And the one of the lasses comes up and they say exactly that. I'm feeling tired and I really don't feel so hot. I'd say, right, well, would you want to maybe drop it down to like 25 kilos so you can still hang on to the barbell cycle? Or do you yeah. want to drop the rep range down so it means that you can try and go for a more manageable unbroken set? This is when you need to shoot the shit with your coach and be able to talk to one another. Yeah, like on the friend-to-friend level to a stage, it's like there is respect, but it, I feel like some people are too afraid to, to ask for that information because there might be this stigma behind it saying, oh, pff, you're wimping out today. Like You're not wanting to push yourself. You don't want to be the best version of yourself. I've seen some coaches in the past who are like that, and I'm like, fuck that person. Like, like that's it. Just like, fuck them. Like, that's not the right way to treat someone. You've got to look at the long-term like out goal, like basically the outcome of what we're looking to achieve here. This is just one small little stepping stone to the big picture. And uh, for some folk, they're not looking to try and hit the games. They just want to move well and have a good time with their friends. But we will have some individuals who are at that level of, I think I can compete. And I'm like, wicked. Then let's make sure that we're not um, we're skimming over anything. This is quite a vital thing when it comes to females because it could be make or break. Um, when you go to a competition, imagine that you're in your luteal phase when you go to a comp. Imagine how you're going to be feeling. You're going to feel tired. You're not going to feel like you're um, performing well. And then you've not been able to build up that um, fortitude of knowing how to taper your training when you go into the gym. Yeah. And when you go to a competition, you don't have that experience. And then you yeah. feel like you're going to have a horrible time. That's why I'm like, you've got to look at everything. What you said there about tracking and journaling. I, I even said that in one of my podcasts before where at the end of the day, you say, right, actually sit and go, what were the three things that went incredibly well today? What thing could have went a little bit better? How am I going to make an improvement on that tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Apply that inform- uh, that system to your training at the end of your training session if you're doing your, your stretching. It's a great way just to kind of like take stock of how that training session went. Yeah. And um yeah, see me, I, I go off on one as well because to be honest with you, it's like you don't know if you're doing well unless you're tracking stuff. Yeah, there's a great app called the Clue app, um, which I would, again, recommend any of your female members just take a look at. It's free. Um, what it allows you to do is track not only your symptoms throughout the month, but also things like temperature. So, um, again, when you ovulate, you're going to have a higher resting body temperature so you can even know when that's happening and potentially when that's going to trigger you going into the second phase of your cycle the other thing you can track in there is things like performance so you can write in you know on this day you know day 12 of my cycle I felt amazing and then you can start to predict when that's going to happen again and if there's something that you need to get done you know if you're doing qualifiers or whatever and you know you've got a certain window of time to do it likelihood is you're going to perform best on that day Having said all of that, I do think what you were saying around competing, you know, if you've got someone that's competing, you can't control when those competitions are going to be. Some days it might not fall on a week or a day that's particularly good for you. So you have to build that mental resilience to go, do you know what? I, 
I have tried to push it on some of these days before just to see how it will go. If that's one of your goals, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that people always back off, just allowing themselves the understanding that if you don't perform that well, you have this contributing factor and that's fine. You just move on and, and keep noticing what the pattern of that behavior. Yeah. I, I like that because I mean, to be honest with you, let's not, um, let's not beat around the bush here. We're obviously going to get some of the CrossFit, games athletes who you think out of one out of the 40 women is not in their obviously like in their cycle at that time yeah talking bullshit and i mean this is where it's we've even got some sports uh, personnel like you've obviously got like athletics like runners they're in the same shape as well like they're trying to push to do 100 meter sprints but then they're in that bloated stage they're not going to feel comfortable when they're running but they're just aware of tr- being able to control the controllables that they can, they can control their sleep, they can control their water intake, yeah. they can control the amount of inflammation which is being caused on the body. And the way that they can do that is just through like good solid nutrition, like being able to get to sleep on time or using like recovery practices which are going to help contribute to um, the body being able to be in as much of a homeostasis level as possible. Like for me, I say to people, look to reduce down the amount of stress and strain on the body. Make sure that you're stretching. And I know it's one of the most boring topics on the planet, but I stretch. Beck stretches. I know you stretch. You follow that. I do now. I wish I'd go again. One of those things that you just like, God, if someone had told me how important this is at the start of my CrossFit journey, I might be able to do an overhead squat in a perfect position right now. I know I've still got stuff to work on, but you're right. Like It's, it's super important to me incorporate those I, I even think i'm going way back i even t- like i'm trying to get my nephew to do it now i'm like you need to stay as supple as a ninja because it will come and kick you in the ass yeah much faster than what you think and especially with me like playing sports uh i didn't realize because i was so right leg dominant but then i played on the left side and i was using my left leg as a kicking leg my hip flexor started like coiling up and getting so chronically tight that I didn't realize it until like I broke my left ankle. And then I noticed that my hips were off center. So then every single time I was like trying to run or squat, like my hips were constantly never in alignment. The only reason why I knew that is then as soon as I started watching video footage of me squatting, I'm like, why is my left hip dumping so much in my squat? And then the only way I was able to tell is because I went to a professional and they were like, yeah, you're like wonky, everything. You need to like come right off training, strip everything back to the bare bones and then just work on mechanics for six months. And it's like the most horrible thing to be said at is like six months of like not listening what you're talking about. Yeah. But due to the fact of that, you've got to have an honest word of yourself of, yeah, do you know what? This person is not um emotionally tied to me like they are just saying it as it is like this is what you need to do if you want to get any better so when we normally have some of our people coming in they'll smash themselves in an open gym and then they're like right i'm away home and i'm like dude (laughs) you spent an hour and a half training and you've not given yourself 10 minutes to just do a pigeon stretch or like a lizard pose or just using a band just to open up your like your quads a little bit like you've got to look at the, the you're just smashing yourself into the ground and you're not actually giving back to yourself like yeah. your body's not going to recover quickly um but it was kind of like that fell online with the topic of our sleep 
and is there anything specific that you kind of do from a recovery aspect which ties in like sleep or stretching do you have like a routine that you've uh, put in place for that personally or what I would so I guess personally I have a few things that I know I should do and when I do them everything aligns much better so I know that even if I get eight hours sleep that eight hour sleep has to begin around 10 p.m mm-hmm. because again sleep is a whole other topic which I'm quite passionate about in terms of like learning and also working with my clients on because I believe that before you even look at nutrition and tracking your periods and um, supplements, you should be focusing on decent amount of sleep. And if you can get that nailed, everything else tends to fall in into place. So for me, it's getting to bed around 10 p.m. and waking up around 7, 7.30. If I shift that later, even if I'm getting the same length of sleep, the quality is much poorer um, because we are animals that go by the circadian rhythm when the light, when the, when nighttime hits, we feel sleepier, our bodies um, fall into deeper sleep if we can get to bed earlier than midnight. So that's the first thing I would say to people. It's like, look at your length of sleep, try and get between seven and eight hours at a minimum. And then secondly, look at the quality of it. Like, are you sleeping in a dark room? Is it quiet? Is it cold? Have you got a, um, a weighted blanket? Like that can help people with anxiety. Have you stopped watching your screens and a half an hour before bed have you done some meditation or breathing like I don't do meditation however I'm starting a meditation course because I know that it's great and I'm just terrible at doing things on my own so again going to someone who knows how to do it I'm working through that I really am I, I personally like meditation because I feel that, do you know the app headspace I think yeah. it does do well if people are bought into do you know what I'm going to give this a go because yeah. you're like the brain is consistently switched on with some people. And especially right now, we had a chat about this. And I think because the routines, um, which we're normally used to, have been completely thrown out the window. No one's able to get to, t- to bed at a certain time because they've got nothing to get up for. So they'll stay up super late. Then they'll sleep in as long as they can. And they're, they feel groggy, even though that you're like you said, I've had eight hours to sleep. Why do I feel like shit? I'm like, yeah, dude, like you've got to think about like, even if you're off, and this is why the weekend's always one that throws everyone out the window. It's the weekend, so everyone wants to stay up later. But for me, I, I do. I have a fight with Bex a couple of times. Like, I'm going to go to bed, and she's like, no, I want to stay up and watch this program a little bit later. But in my head, I'm going, I know I need to perform tomorrow, so yep. I need to be in bed for X time. If I don't, I am a grumpy motherfucker. So I'm not the best person to speak to. But I think, for me, I started to get more into my sleep because like what you're you're saying is like when you get up at half five in the morning you got to go down to the gym open the doors up to six and then you're working in that gym all the way to like half eight at night you have your food at nine and then you need to be back in your bed for 10 because you're going to be able to go and do it all again tomorrow yeah and it's fair enough some of the younger people in the industry because no offense they've got that raw enthusiasm and they have youth on their sides that they can do that six days of the week because I used to do it when I was in the gym group and I was like this avid PT at 22 years old and all the older ones were like, you're going to burn out someday. And I'm like, no, I'm fucking Superman. 25 hits. And you're like, oh my God, what, (laughs) what is this, this thing that's going on with my body? I can't get up in the morning. It's like, yeah, dude, that's just called nature hits you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I feel it's really nice to hear you talking about 
the importance of sleep because it was something that we did cover in a topic and a lot of members did message back going that's actually quite interesting so everything that you said there i was nodding going uh-huh yep yep absolutely that's what you should be doing so why do you feel like people can't grasp that concept i i I think sometimes people don't know how good their body is meant to feel. I think once you get yourself into a cycle of, like you say, staying up late, waking up late, five or six coffees during the day, maybe up till like 4 p.m., then you come home, you're feeling a bit wired from the stress of work or not leaving your house that day or whatever it is that's kind of causing you stress. Maybe you go and train so your cortisol levels are up because that also causes stress as much as it's good for you. Um, come home, eat late, maybe have a couple of glasses of wine to try and relax. And that also impacts your sleep. You're in this like vicious cycle. Um, and people are using, I don't want to say substances, but they are alcohol and caffeine to try and bring themselves up and then wind themselves down. And that again is something that is on the rise at the moment while people don't necessarily have anything else to do in an evening. So why wouldn't they go and have two or three beers? And again, I'm not someone who doesn't drink. I enjoy alcohol. I don't think you need to cut it out of your life particularly. Um, but I think being aware of how much you are consuming and the fact that it does impact your sleep is, is important. And again, for me, it's all about tracking data. Like most people don't track data. They kind of wake up and go, oh, I feel a bit crap today. I'm going to have a couple of coffees. And then they kind of forget about it until the evening where they want to wind down. Um, if you, if you truly are taking your health or your training seriously, I would, you, you don't even have to invest in an app. Having said that, I have one. You can just do a really simple thing of like writing down some goals that you might have around sleep. And they can be really easy and simple ones that you know you're going to hit. Like if you're going to bed at midnight, go to bed at half 11 and just see how that feels and track, you know, out of 10, how did I sleep today? What's my mood like? And then if you're seeing that that's making a positive impact, you can start to build back that bedtime or maybe take back a drink, an evening of drinking a week um, and actually see how good your body can feel when it's been fully rested. Um, that's, that's my opinion on why people don't do it. I think culturally, like we've, we're at a place now where there's not much else to do than watch TV and stay up. And like you say, if you've got no hard deadlines in the morning, that's usually what gets people in bed early and out of bed early. It's getting out to work. But again, most aren't doing that. Oh, totally. I feel um, when I kind of said this to some of the guys when I was having a chat with them on a little Zoom quiz is the first lockdown, we had summer. It was brilliant because like we had very early uh, rises because the sun was up and then we were able to go out in the sunshine, get some brilliant amounts of vitamin D, clear air, um, and it felt quite nice because it was the very first time we were able to catch a break. And I think that's where people really started to understand, like, how good does the body feel? How is it meant to feel? Second lockdown, we had Christmas. So you had a little bit of festivities allowing to get us through it, like the ho-ho-hos and everything. This third lockdown, it's just knocking people for six because it's cold, it's wet. There's nothing to look forward to. Yeah. don't know what's going on how long this one's going to last for and we totally get it and why i was like having this passionate chat with some people is because we as coaches see the effects that this is going to have on some people but what i tried to explain to some of the coaches is we need to look after ourselves as well because what happens when the coaches fall down we're all screwed so it's kind of like 
we need to make sure as coaches that we're taking that on board and that we're looking after ourselves and that we can be that figurehead for the members to be like, look, we're doing this because we know how important it is. If we burn out, then no one's going to benefit from anything. Yeah. So what my issue was is like, why don't people follow it? Even though that we know how important it is. Like, and that kind of falls in line with um, a podcast that I listened to from the guys at Whoop. It's one of the gentlemen that's going through the fit to fat to fit um, method where he's like putting on 40 pounds in 40 days and then he's going to try and lose it. And he was like explaining about how poor his sleep was and how more inflamed or how agitated or annoyed he was getting at his family just because like he was eating really bad foods and how much of an effect that the food had on his sleep quality and his recovery. And this is coming from a professional who knows all of it. And I felt it was something that would be really difficult for me to do because even though that I know that I would be following this principle to prove a point and I know the hormonal changes that are going in my body, but then obviously when it happens and I get annoyed, but I know it's a hormonal thing, that would just screw with my head because I'm like, why am I getting annoyed? Even though that I know I am about to get annoyed. So for to having people who don't know how good it feels to be shit hot and awesome because you're eating all the right foods and getting sleep, I feel it's really difficult to get that across to some people. And especially you've got to be ready. Yeah, you've got to be ready for the change. Like the information is out there. Having said that, there is an information overload, but I feel like people who have people such as yourselves or me as a as a coach in a box and if they feel like they're at a place where they can talk to you about these things and open up about you know they do feel like crap or they do feel depressed or whatever and they don't feel like they have the ability to go and make those changes themselves um it's it's difficult to bring that to someone who doesn't want it yet or or maybe their first step was to step inside a box and that was their first like you know, I've, I've realized I'm getting older or I've seen other family, you know, getting ill. And, and that's their, that's their understanding of what healthiness is. And for sure, like, you know, coming in to do wads and being amongst an amazing group of people is going to do wonders for your physical and mental health. But there is other, there are other things that you do need to take a look at. And it's only unfortunately when someone's ready to do that, maybe through again, you know, a health scare or just getting to the end of their tether or you know things getting so on top of them that they have to make a change and I think that when you look at like significant turns arounds in people's attitude to their health it generally is when they've hit a low point that they end up going actually I need to I need to listen and seek experts and hopefully those experts are people who talk sense and help prioritize and kind of take away all the crap and just make it really simple. I mean, I've said to some people, look, it's okay to say that I need help. There's no harm in that. And it's okay if you've hit a low point, for you, I feel really crap and I need some sort of support. And I think that's why um, affiliates in general are known for being the place to kind of go to because it's a place where there are a lot of individuals who are in such a similar state. And I think that camaraderie and community aspect, obviously, within the fitness realms of CrossFit is known for being a supportive unit. You never really see um, an affiliate where it's just full of arseholes and everyone's out for themselves. It's very, very rare that you get that. And we tried to explain this to some people who were like running businesses, but they weren't being successful. And I went, right, what's 
tell me why your business is successful. And some of them have turned around saying, oh, it's about the community. And I went, all right, take community out of the game. What makes your place special? And I think that's what was really difficult for some coaches to, to absorb. They weren't getting the, you can't fall back on community. You need to show what makes you a good box. And that's why like yourself, I see what you do. You're able to provide more information than the CrossFit level one course can do. You're actually speaking from experience. And I think that's where people can relate with you a lot more as a person because you're like going, yeah, she's going through what I'm going through and yeah. this is how she did it. And now that hopefully the members are in Australia can listen to this and go, wow, right. Ellie's explained quite a fair amount. And I know that this was a chat about um, female hormones where we could go down the whole scientific route about it. But to be honest with you, I think that's when the men would just immediately turn this off and go, nope, don't want to know that. <laughs> but it's more about, look, we understand that your body's going through changes and you can do stuff about that. You just need to talk with your coach. Yeah. You need to talk with the person who's taking the class and they'll understand. And if you and the coach understand your end goal you're able to adapt it nicely it's just a short-term pivot yeah to the big picture mm -hmm. um but no that, that was great to cover over for me personally is there anything that you've got exciting coming up for the year have you got any like online competitions that you're looking forward to have you got any in mind um i've actually i've entered european championships yeah me too i'm looking forward um, to hopefully i'll see you there yeah, um, that would be nice. I'll just be there. In my, um, I'm, I've promised people if I actually make one of those competitions, I'll wear some budgie smugglers for a laugh and just <laughs> stand out like a sore thumb. <laughs> I, I lasted that competition scaled. Um, it was three years ago and I didn't have total bar linked. I didn't have, I think I had my max set of pull-ups was nine. So like, it's going to be really interesting if I manage to qualify just looking back and going, okay, like this is cool. It's really interesting. See, when you look back at your numbers, like from three years ago, and then you look at what you can do now, a bit of something popped up in my newsfeed uh, about me three years ago, and it was my one rep max snatch and it was 55 kilos. And I chuckled away at myself. I was like, man, my form was terrible. Oh yeah. I mean, that's going back to what you were saying. Like, if I can give your members one thing, like, please do some mobility. I was the girl that didn't do any for three years. And even though I don't think I'm much stronger now, yes, I've been working on some drills and things like that. But actually having some mobility in my back and in my hips and in my ankles means I can do better gymnastics. I can actually sit at the bottom of a squat in a snatch and save it, even usually when I would have bailed it because it would be you know, my ankles wouldn't let me stand it up, etc. Like, yeah. please go do some mobility. Also, you can do that from your home. So regardless of where you are at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think that's the main thing on the agenda, really. I, I'm not one, for, I know this sounds, I'm not one for online comps. I like, mm -hmm. I like an audience. <laughs> basically. Well, like, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point about Ring Hill. We love a Ring Hill. And I've, I've said to a good couple of people, like, look, if, if you wanted to try your very first competition, that is the safest environment to go to because it's just full of really kick-ass, really yeah. nice people. And we're all there for the same reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really interested to see maybe at the end of this year, if we're allowed to go out and play again, I'll definitely be up 
to see like Australia going down with like this big banner, like get the Venga bus and drag everyone down. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, I think we met first met at Rainhill. I think you were judging. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. And I was judging as well to get my free space. I've done Rainhill three, four times. Um, and that was my second comp. I wonder if you get a Blue Peter badge if you do it more than five times. Yeah. <laughs> we should ask Matt Foster for like a little badge of honour <laughs> for like um, five, ten, and fifteen times. Yeah. To do it. yeah. I mean, I've, yeah, it is. It is an awesome atmosphere. Definitely, definitely something I'm trying to get the Bermondsey members in on. Like a few of them have goals to compete, and that would be the comp I would tell them to go to. Um, I'm looking forward to Battle for Middlebank middle ground coming back if if and when that does I, I would hope that comes back I haven't actually been to that one before I know a couple of the, my friends who have went down there I was looking forward to the castle games because that was one I actually did think yeah I'm going to give this a right good go I'm going to properly train for it and I think I came like fifth in the qualifier but knowing me I was like yeah I'm overshooting here because I know when I'm looking at a couple of the names on there I'm like these guys have absolutely on this oh, I get told off for doing this so you shouldn't be we should be people you know you don't look at the leaderboard you don't look at the names oh I know <laughs> it doesn't help is when half of them are messaging me going Andy we know for a fact that you you um did not go all out in that ward like what you're doing I'm like I'm playing the game <laughs> I'm trying to play the game <laughs> but um see if any of the members wanted to like follow you where would probably be the best place for them to check your stuff out um so I am Ellie Gell on my main page, which is more like my, I guess, my just training page, E-L-L-I-E-G-E-L. Um, and then I'm Ellie Geldard Nutrition. That's linked in the bio of my main page. If you are interested in just keeping up with what I think are easily digestible bits of information about nutrition. Um, also, if you wanted any coaching, I, that's my page. And then EllieGeldardNutrition.com. Um, for my coaching so what I'll do, I'll actually i just thought there i'll put the the links of that up on the show notes as well because i can do that so i'll make sure that the guys can just click straight on it and go find you because if in doubt you get to see like beautiful little puppies running around and you'll also okay. just get the the memes as well which I do <laughs> love as well so everyone loves the cheap you got you got a nice little uh, array of information there my puppy's probably the the main thing you want to go see actually so it's <laughs> a gem honestly i think that's probably the only unique selling point that i have for my gym everyone was like well what makes your place better i was like i allow dogs in yes. we have more dogs in a ward than we do members <laughs> There was one time we had seven dogs and five members in. I was like, this is fucking nuts. <laughs> Should not, like, if a health and safety officer walked in right now, they'd be like, no, this is not on. So I'm like, ah, whatever. But we'll just run like a daycare center at the side. Just get another thousand square foot unit and it's just full of dogs. But that was amazing. Ellie, thank you so much for coming on for the guys. And I'll definitely make sure that the get in touch with you if they're needing any help because obviously I love spreading the word and obviously I am only one human I can't do everything so if someone's able to help some of the members in that specific field I know that you're the girl to go to that has been awesome thank you so much covered a wide array of things but um no it's been cool to chat thank you amazing thanks very much for listening in guys cheers